It's season four and it's a fresh new episode series for us. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations where each week we invite guests to share their views on the world, work and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. Today's episode is hosted by Michelle Lightworker. Hi everyone, it's Michelle Lightworker here and welcome to Enlightened Conversations. I am super excited today because uh, I invited Emma Turton from the Medical Intuition School to come along and have a chat with me today for a special episode of Enlightened Conversations where we're going to discuss all things medical intuition and also talk about spiritual toxicity, which I think is a really awesome topic to talk about. Um, welcome, Emma. I'll introduce you formally, but welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome to have you. And um, I can't wait to do a deep dive into everything today. So much to talk about. Uh, just for those of you who don't know Emma, I'll just give you a brief bio. Uh, this wonderful lady, Emma Turton, is a leading international medical intuitive. She is the founder and director of Medical Intuition School and a USA Today three-time international number one best-selling author. Well done. My goodness Thank gracious. <laughs> um, she sees inside people with her powerful intuitive eye and guides them to heal from within using medical intuition as a compass for life and health. Merging science with spirituality, Emma pioneered a world-class International Institute of Complementary Therapists-approved medical intuition practitioner training program that teaches health professionals, healers, empaths, and intuitives to master their intuition so that they can uncover the real root cause and deeper meaning behind injury and disease and achieving life-changing results with their clients. So profound to have you on today, Emma. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really resonate. I'm on your newsletter, so I get all your newsletters and I absolutely love every one of them. And I just want to, sometimes I feel like we're sitting across the table when, you're, when your newsletter comes to me. Um, and the way you write um, is, is similar in, in the way I write in that we just speak from the heart. We, we love to, to remove those barriers of, I don't know, wordiness, um, just get to the point. Um, I love that about you. I love that you don't really pull any punches. And the way I described it to my husband was, I love Emma because she doesn't pull any punches. She says what needed to be said. Um, and also she does it in a way that's actually quite loving and unifying. And that's very hard to find today, Emma, um, in spiritual leaders. It's it's either they're very polarized. It's like, oh, I've got to be really angry or I've got to be all fluffy woo-woo. And I'm, I'm definitely somewhere in the middle where, yeah, let's, let's speak the truth, dudes, but let's let's do it in a way that is inclusive, yeah? Yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. I've, I've always joked that I was born with my foot in my mouth and have no filter. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> because uh, I, do, I do just say how I see it um, and that has got me in trouble in the past, but it, it's clearly what makes me a really good medical intuitive as well because I speak to the point straight away. And, and yeah, I'm always coming from a place of love, but that doesn't mean... Yeah fluff and light and you know everything's roses because particularly in health that's not always the case exactly so. there's so much going on there isn't it and um often it requires a bit of courage like you know from the point of view of Jesus I've got to I'm gonna make a decision do I do I say this how do I say this and uh, how do I deliver this uh 
I, I had I had a sort of uh, awakening when I was on Soul TV, and we did these um, things called Soul Fridays, where we'd, we'd uh, all gather together on on a platform and and we'd have an audience. And it was the first time I was really kind of in that situation where people would be asking me a question, and um, oh my god, I just started to feel and see like what you were talking about. Like I'd feel it in my body and go, oh, what what is what am I feeling? And I was actually getting. Uh, I, I would say it just landed on me like medical intuition. It just landed on me. I didn't even know what was going on. And um, it was because I was in an environment where I was open to helping people at that level. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, I was on the spot. Let's just say I'm on a platform. I've got things, people in front of me um, and I'm either making that decision. Now, how do I say this? How do I phrase this? How do I do this? It's, genuinely uh, sensitive and compassionate but at the same time not not really denying what's going on yeah yes uh, and that is the absolute challenge and I, I honor your experience with that because when you're put on the spot and you don't expect mm -hmm. it I've been there myself <laughs> because it's a similar you know way that medical intuition came on to me is that I, I didn't really know what was happening <laughs> didn't have any words yes. for it hadn't heard of a medical intuitive didn't really know what mm -hmm. any of that meant and really had no way of knowing how to even language the things to the people that I was sitting with because, and they were clients, they were seeing me as a, a physiotherapy and mm -hmm. nutrition um, perspective because that's that's my background. Um, and, you know, to have suddenly information land that, you know, the reason that their cholesterol is high is because they have this issue with their ex-husband and I didn't know they had an ex-husband. <laughs> you know, they had told me this. That type of thing landing and you think, uh, I don't have permission to share this, right? Because I, they haven't, there's not been the usual conversations around it and I don't really know how to language that. Um, and so I, I felt very much at the beginning that, that I, had, I had to hold back mm -hmm. um, because of that same reason, because I felt like I didn't know what I could share and what I couldn't share, what I should share, what I shouldn't share, what was mine to, to be able to speak to somebody, particularly, you know, if it wasn't, uh, you know, at that point, it was like a barrage of information coming from all people all around me. I had no boundaries. Um, and I didn't understand that I had a choice in those boundaries at that point. Um, and so you, you can't just walk up to a total stranger and say, I see this going on in your body. People do it all the time, right? <laughs> I've had people come up and do that sort of thing with me. And I'm just kind of, oh, dude, you yeah. got to work on your boundaries. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, but when that does land, it can be quite scary. And knowing how to, how to approach a very sensitive topic in a, a gentle, kind and compassionate way that you know, you, you need to understand how it might land and what can happen because of that. Um, yeah, absolutely. And that's why you've, that's why you've got a school and that's why <laughs> right. I think, I think when I spoke to you last, we were just chatting about something. It was probably about six years ago. And I just remember, I remember you saying you want, you were thinking about starting a school. I was so excited for you. And um, so, so much has happened since then. Uh, you have like you've just gone from strength to strength it's been so exciting watching your journey um tell me about it like what happened just to, I'm curious just from my own perspective I'm sure everybody else listening is too yeah so what I found was as I was working as a medical intuitive so I I left my previous career I was full-time as a medical intuitive and I um 
was building up my business and really learning the craft and the art of medical intuition and finding my way. And, and you know, there was really no mentoring that could happen. I, I reached out to medical intuitives all over the world. And no matter how much I was willing to pay, you know, they're really hard to find a lot of them. They're hard to contact. They don't respond. <laughs> they just want nothing to do with the world because obviously the, their, their experiences and their, you know, their gifts and what they can do. Um, but no matter how much I was willing to pay, no one would provide any mentoring for me. And my waiting list was getting longer and longer and longer to the point that it got to like a four to six month waiting list at any given time. And in health, that's a problem. Um, whether it's conventional health or whether it's unconventional health, that's a problem. So I would have people reaching out saying, but please, please, can I see you? I've got this urgent thing. And, and, you know, I was starting to work nights, weekends, days all over the place and it wasn't, wasn't working so well for me. And I realized I needed people to refer to. I needed to be able to say, here's a person I trust. I can't see you right now, but they can. I can't heal the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just literally don't have the capacity to do all of the work and see all of the people one-to-one. -one. Uh, so I needed to train people because although there were people working in health that I did trust, there was no one who worked like me. There was no one who did the work the way I did. There was no one who saw yep. the body in the way I saw. I remember, it. I remember talking to you about that and saying I'd really like to merge the the very scientific side as well. Uh, and I was really, I was really excited about that. Yeah, because most people are either one or the other, and never yep. the twain shall meet. Right? It's either science and medicine or it's spirituality and healing um, yep. or metaphysics there's never much crossover in between and I don't see them as separate that's an illusion so yep. I see that the two are oh, intricately linked and in fact they're not actually two they're one the science is just as spiritual as the spirituality and the spirituality is uh, just scientific as the science I concur I concur yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and, you know, when you like, I've got a science degree, you can't take the science out of the girl. I have, <laughs> it comes with me, right? Love that. And so Love it's it. my approach to everything. And yet I'm deeply mm. spiritual and the work I do is, is next level unusual to the, the standard person who, you know, just goes to a normal health practitioner and, and, and um, lives in the conventional health world. So um yeah, so I needed more people to refer to. And so I, I realized the only way I could do that was to train people. And I had some eager people ready and waiting and champing at the bit to work with me to learn what I do because they had worked with me as clients. Um, many of them, although not all, but many of them already worked with clients in some capacity, um, not necessarily in health, but in some capacity and wanted to take things to the next level. That's um, awesome. Yeah, and so that's how it started. Oh, that's fantastic. And I remember in one of your newsletters, um, you were talking um, about your dad and he had an accident and he had a brain injury. Was that in the last six years as well? Was that pre the six yeah, years? it's coming up to four years now. Yeah. Wow. So that was probably a huge catalyst as well because I remember reading how that spurred you on. It did. And it happened like I, I, I gave the first, my very first course, and that at that point it wasn't, uh, medical intuition practitioner training it was the precursor which is called activate your inner healer which is all about using medical intuition in your own life and learning how to see the body in this way in your own body and in your own family um, I'd given the very first master class the very first round of that 
and then went out with my friends to Prodigy concert, which turned out to be the second last Prodigy concert of all time because the the lead singer um, took his own life only a few weeks later. Um, And then the next day, my dad had his accident. And so I had just started this course and this course was, you know, several months long and I thought, well, what the hell? What do I do? I'm, I'm, I'm obliged to all these people. We have to continue. And I, I started questioning oh, everything goodness. about medical intuition, everything I knew because Getting he was goosebumps. He had, you know, multiple brain surgeries. He was, he nearly, he almost died. I think it was nine times. Like it was insane how many times he nearly died, wow. and was in a coma for nine days. And they, they said we should switch him off at seven. They said that there's no way he'll wake. Two days later, after we made the decision to keep the machine running he woke up and although he's had a very hard road of recovery and he spent, you know, the best part of six months in hospital in rehab, he, they, and when he left hospital, they said he'd never walk again and we'd have to strap into a wheelchair because he couldn't be trusted. Within a month, he was walking, he was kicking a soccer ball within, within another month, he was able to do a lot more things unassisted within another month, he was showering himself, which they said he would never be capable of. And it's just like, we've had four bonus years with my dad who turns 80 next year at a time in his life when most people are declining, he's Mm -hmm. still improving in function mm. function and fitness and mental capacity he still jokes mm. he still cracks dad jokes he still he still is there to give advice he's not the same person he is we call him daryl 2.0 his name's daryl yeah we call him daryl 2.0 um but he's he's altered but he's still my dad and we have this beautiful bonus time with him and it's like I wouldn't change that for the world and what I learned through that process of being in hospital was that the medical intuition being able to view inside my dad and connect with him while he was in a coma while he couldn't speak for himself because he was on a ventilator I saved his life multiple Mm. times where I stood my ground and said to his medical team no way you're doing another test right now this is something something is happening in his brain right now you need to do this scan right now and oh no we have no sign of that we can leave it till tomorrow just see how he goes no staying by his bed until you until you test him and sure enough he was having massive strokes inside and was dying he was in the process of dying again so that happened multiple times and up until then I thought medical intuition was a bit kind of foofy (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, even though I'd been working in it full time even though I'd had incredible results with my clients on a level I was still believing that it was about headaches knee pain you know yeah just simple health issues I didn't realize that the skills that we could have and develop especially in the acute health setting you know for health professionals Mm. it could be life-saving if, if we could train all of the people in ICU to mm. do health the way I do health, sure, still have all of the conventional health tools and resources at your hands, still have the high-level surgical skills and life-saving skills, but to be able to connect with a client in this way and trust your intuition and be allowed to act on it, the amount of changes in health that would happen because of that, the amount of lives that could be saved or, you know, funding not wasted because somebody was gone already you know because they actually knew Mm -hmm. not because they they just made assumptions or based things on research and what a normal person of that age is expected to do 
yeah. um, it would just change health completely. That's when I realized yeah. how freaking important this work was. And that's when I went, right, that's it. We're doing practitioner level. This, <laughs> is, this is next level. We have wow. to go there and I'm teaching what <laughs> I learned through this Thanks. process. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Daryl 2.0. Like, you know, it's amazing. And and I, in some of your uh, newsletters too, you know, you talk about it. we're not being punished, you know. This isn't a test. And I think um, often we, we're very narcissistic when it comes to, oh, oh, my God, oh, poor me. Oh, my God, why, why, why? And um, even the spiritual community, will, you know, um, when we're talking about spiritual toxicity, talking about, you know, what needs to be healed, what needs to be healed, what needs to be healed. And often we think of um, potentially chronic pain or chronic illness as um, a punishment or as a, a, why haven't I healed it yet? Or as a, and, and, and it can be because there are other things you need to learn and you have to, other people need to learn, just say yourself. Um, you needed to learn to trust your intuition and to deliver this on a, on a bigger level for other people. It's it's interesting, isn't it, that that we can t tend to box illness into a into a unbroken category, and 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 this is where we you know we we talk about um, spiritual toxic spirituality too as as being that attitude in in that I'm constantly looking to be fixed. You know, I'm constantly look, thinking I'm broken in some way. Yeah, that's exactly right, and it, it, you know it plays to our primal fundamental fear of um you know of 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 being inherently broken it plays to that and and so we believe that we are and it is our programming and, and you know culturally we've been taught that when we have a health problem something's wrong with us that our body is letting us down yes you know, we must take the medicine and soldier on right mm -hmm. we're, we're taught this culturally we're not taught to listen and respond to what our body's asking of us our symptoms are simply our language and our mm -hmm. body is is communicating our intuition through that language of symptoms it's one of the ways your intuition communicates with you and so if you learn to listen and respond to that and and set up the environment for your body to be supported it supports you back um and there is the universe isn't punitive it doesn't blame you it's not punishing you it, it's never trying to make you suffer for having made a bad choice in the past which I think is the other thing that comes up with medical intuition mm. as well is that yeah. you can you know read all the charts and things and you think oh well it's because you had you know this thing happened in the past and you're still holding unforgiveness and and it's your fault essentially mm -hmm. that you've got this problem and that's, that couldn't be more toxic and it couldn't be further from the truth. It's not your fault. Life just happens. Health issues just happen. We have this yes. faulty limiting belief that we're entitled to perfect health all the time, right? And that's mm. a faulty limiting belief. Mm. Life happens and from that we learn, from that we grow and we're here yeah. to grow. It's how we choose to grow that changes for each one of us and if we approach things from the perspective of I'm broken I need to constantly work on my wounds we keep going in a circle back around to the same yeah. wound and scratching the same itch and staying in that navel gazing circle of never breaking free to heal which is why we start the work in the first place we want to shift our perspective we want to shift our life and our reality mm. but if we stay in the same perspective that never changes. It's only when we take action to change. Yeah, yeah. Experience the change. And that actually, that's really good, like, when you say it that way, because, like, um, I experience, like, knee and shoulder problems. And um, when I meditate on them, I, I just get, you, you'll have these for a while. There's other lessons you have to learn about what, 
what you can and can't do and why and that will make you do other things that you wouldn't have thought of so you you know you technically have to kind of uh, do the best you can with it basically and I thought okay and when when it's put to me like that uh, I'm like oh I'm more accepting of it I'm more accepting of it not being a um something that I'm not looking at I guess you could say if we're talking toxic spirituality, it's, well, what aren't you looking at? Look, you know, you should know, you should feel it, you should fix it. It should be healed. You should be perfect. It's all that sort of should, should, should perfection, perfection, perfection. But what I'm realizing as I'm like, I'm 52, as I grow older, what I'm realizing is of course things are going to deteriorate or what, I mean, I mean, of course things will be a a lot healthier um, if we focus on our intuition in other ways too, like a really healthy person, but it's like, um, I think, we, we tend to kind of think that there's something we're not doing right all the time if our body's not working Yes. when it comes to spiritual circles. Um, and, and you may get judgment from other people and they might think, well, you're just not doing it right or what have you. And I think it, it kind of, it, it goes against what we're talking about here, which is when you're activating your inner healer, when you're, when you're switched on to what you're, messages are and what is relevant for you that's your personal information that uh is perfect for your journey right perfect for your growth what you were just saying perfect for your evolution and the next step that you need to take what's my knee telling me well it's telling me I well I'm not yeah I'm getting old that's okay um I, I I'm doing other things that help it like went for a bike ride yesterday it was lovely and I can still do things it's just I just have to moderate what I do and then turn my attention to what I'm being called to do. And and that's how I saw that accident with your dad. I felt like when I was talking to Leanne Barefoot Medium last week, um, we were talking about how my previous conversation with Anne Allison, like literally uh, I'm on the call, just about to say bye on the Zoom call for our enlightened conversation um, what I didn't know was happening, but I got told very strongly to stop recording now, was Anne's mum had fallen in the other room because she had a, her nurse was there and thing, but she'd had a fall. And we were talking about how when when we're called, energies like things happen to our family. Like we were literally talking about that. And then Leanne and I were talking about it last week, and she said the same thing had happened to her. She'd been asked to do the eleven eleven activation last Friday. And the weekend before her mum had gone into hospital and she said to her dad, don't you go into hospital too. And he went into hospital the next day after that for something else. We can't really stop what the power of what um, stepping into our purpose does. And we, we need, it's not being punished. It's just that if, if our family members are serving a purpose in that, then, then they'll show that in some response to that. And I do believe that Emma, my mum passed away last year and, I do believe that leading up to her passing four years, I had a lot of health issues I had to deal with with mum. And then leading into where I'm stepping into next, I believe it was a perfect time of passing. Now I see that. And I think if we stop sort of making it all about the world's out to get us, what what aren't we doing right? And we look at it from the perspective of actually the world is confirming everything that we need to do next or just did like you did, like, you know, starting the activation training. your dad's confirming it and then he's, he's, he's leveling it up for you and saying, hey, here you go. Here's some more stuff you can test it out on, hun, because, um, you know, you, you probably need to have these solid life examples. And, and my mum was doing the same kind of thing as well before her passing. 
Yeah, that's so beautiful. I'm so sorry that you lost your mum. It's just so feel like she's with me. She's with me everywhere now. Like, I mean, she's got work to do on the other side and, and um, she was in Sydney and I'm up in Queensland. I kept saying to her, come on, mum, come up to Queensland so we can hang out. So it's not so hard. And, and she just was from the Greek community and just wanted to stay. And I totally honoured that. Didn't want to shame her on her choices or anything like that because that was how she felt guided to live out the rest of her life. But now she's here all the time <laughs> and and she's had so many realizations and it's so lovely um so I just feel like she's more present um I think the main grieving I had on mum passing was more about she didn't really 100% get me while she was alive to the point where I would have wanted her to get me you know what I mean um so it's a little bit of grief over that because she gets me now it's like a no-brainer oh gosh I know who you are now um, so from that perspective, I'm like a little bit of oh, a bit of a lost time moments occasionally. Um, we should know me when I see a memory come up on Facebook or when I'm celebrating something from the past that I wished mum was more kind of connected to. That's when I have my moments of grief. But I'm more about with the with our conversation today, um, that that sort of sense of um stepping out of be, feeling almost like a duty to grieve from pain more of a a a realization that we heal through joy because I'm getting grief come up when I'm in a joyful space about a memory and wishing she was there and and that's a joy it's almost like join me in my joy feeling and I moved away from that addiction to pain and misery for healing um probably I would say uh 2002 would probably be because I was uh, working as a counsellor helping people through trauma and addictive disorders and I was hearing a lot about people being addicted to their pain and I went oh no I don't want to be in that kind of therapist um thank you very much um and I potentially don't believe that anyway so why would I want that so I found that for me joy really became a catalyst for healing so if there's something getting in the way of our joy sure let's address it but let's go for joy. Why, why not? Like, why not be in the joy? Is there a reason why we shouldn't? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the world will give you plenty of reasons. All you have to do is switch on the news, right? <laughs> the world will give you plenty of reasons why you shouldn't be in joy because when we're in joy, we don't want for anything. When we're in joy, yeah. we can't really be sold to. We can't be shamed into buying something we don't need. When we're in joy, we feel fulfilled. And so our culture, our media, everything around us is is really geared towards keeping us out of that joy uh, the health system is the same <laughs> you know we're not really good customers if we're actually fully healed <laughs> we, mm. don't, we don't spend any money on pharmaceuticals if we feel a hundred percent all the time and so to keep us in that state of pain to keep us in that state of suffering is very self-serving to the systems that are in place when we choose to disconnect from that like you have, when we choose to focus on the joy as opposed to the pain and the suffering and to heal through joy as opposed to trying to heal through pain and suffering, both are paths, both are valid paths, but we get a choice, right? Yeah. And healing through joy doesn't necessarily mean we won't experience discomfort because sometimes being joyful is oh. really uncomfortable too. I Yeah, 100%. Like I'm... Yeah, I mean, there's moments where I'm, you know, I feel ah, almost guilty for feeling so joyful. Like, yeah. what, why, do, what, why am I so joyful all the time? Like, 
Um, and and that's uh, that's a hangover <laughs> from you know a, an op- an upbringing where you know it's it's not okay. It's almost like you know you're not worthy to have all that you want. Really, you know that kind of belief system. And so yes, I agree with you one million percent because stepping into joy comes with its healing. It 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 actually does. I think from the perspective of there's so much going through my mind at the moment, just just from the from the from the perspective of um allowing that abundance of energy into our being. Um, And I know that in traditional Chinese medicine they talk about that the the heart is actually the holder of the joy emotion, so to speak. And um, you know, Oh gosh, you know, for me, in terms of energy centers or chakras, whatever we want to call them, portals of light, um, the heart chakra for me, um, the way it affects the the rest of the system of the body is it's the great connector. It mm-hmm. it allows everything to connect properly, and when you've got that joy coming through at that intensity and that level of absolute immersion of purity of uh, yeah, I'm absolutely letting it in, well, it enlivens the rest of everything else because what it's doing is saying oh you're allowing me to be in my joy from the heart chakra space um so I'm the great connector so if I'm able to connect to all my other energy centers I'm going to be what will what will I be spreading to them I'll be spreading joy everywhere so then if you've got any I guess um let's say barriers internal uh, energetic barriers in any of those to self-worth joy um, receiving of any kind of course those are going to be challenged they're, they're going to maybe present a symptom maybe they'll be inflamed and go go away I don't want to look at you until you've noticed what I have to say <laughs> yeah that's true that's absolutely true and, you, and you're very right about the heart being you know instrumental to keeping the flow going in the rest of the energy system as well because the heart is the center of the physical energy system it's this it's you know we have the three energy centers above and the three energy centers below the heart is central it's also the widest point of our field and you know it's it's the part of us that meets somebody else's energy first and they see our heart first and and we see their heart first our hearts connect before we even know that there is another person nearby yeah and our bodies our intuition can sense and receive information and send information through that that space before we even know there is another person in our field yeah it's so absolutely it's instrumental to the functioning of the rest of the system and when we are um you know and, and you know things like I see grief as being like the other side of the coin of love grief is mm. you know, we can't I've heard it's written as when we aren't able to express our love to somebody in living form that's when we experience grief and it's as though mm. we have so much love but we can't pour it out you know there's no one there to mm. To, to rein it on or to say the words to and have them received. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really beautiful way to, to see grief. Yeah, and I love that. And I, I see all those emotions. I don't see them as positive and negative, good and bad either. I see them mm-hmm. as all necessary, all required, um, and not to be squashed down. I, I'm a big believer that we shouldn't be putting spiritual Band-Aids on top of uncomfortable feelings like um you know, hatred, like anger, like frustration, resentment, all of the things that are in the spiritual world often bundled up and, 
you know, put to one side, put a lid on it. You're not supposed to feel that. Let's say some positive mantras over the top, which is what I call the Band-Aid. The yeah, positive yeah, yeah, yeah. Just pretend it's not there. La, 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 no, la. No, <laughs> it's not happening. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. You're okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, that's the, that causes physiological damage. It does. That indeed. creates imbalances within the physical body. And that's what creates illness and injury when we stuff it down, not because we feel it, not because we've got reasons to experience it, but because we aren't allowing ourselves to fully embody, process, witness it, love it, be compassionate with ourselves for having felt that Mm. and walk through that fire to the other side. Exactly. And like if one of our energy centers is giving the the heart the, well, you haven't connected with me for so long and you're meant to be the great connector. So I'm going to have some feelings about that now, you, now that you're knocking on my door, well, what's going on? Like, you know, and, and it's like, that's how I believe we need to look at our organs, how we need to look at our energy centers. They're people, they're, they've got a process. And I, I agree with you. I've, I, in my training, I've got a process for grief called grieving restores our wholeness. So it's grow. Oh, the anagram grow yeah and it's cool. yeah it's great hey and it's just like you know we've got the fear we've got the anger we've got the sadness and then we've got the joy so it's like you know and they're all all variants of that along the way fear looks like avoidance it looks like outbursts it looks like um you know frozenness and numbness um and anger looks like that blaming or blaming self or guilt or that kind of energy or if you like you know to the heart chakra that we talked about before turning up our nose and going work for it bitch you know that kind of thing um and uh you know and then the sadness yes that cry for the love we couldn't have expressed and um and potentially that sort of um coming to that point where it's never going to be in that form again like that like level of depression so I'm I'm hitting that sort of sense of hopelessness okay I've got it okay but then the joy of okay well what is what other form is this taking how how can I what have I learned from it how am I using this and so I, I think that that great respect for that process is the opposite of spiritual toxicity, which is the judgment of perfectionism, the judgment that things are broken and need to be fixed. It's not. Things are just in that process. They're just in that flow. They're just in that um, really, I think, crying out for that, actually. Like that anger is crying out for work for it. Like what does it need? Like it's more about let's let's have a chat. Let's go go there and have a chat about how you're feeling right this second and and what do you need and 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 how can I give that to you and how can we make this consistent and how can we avoid this not happening again that's just like any good parent would work through those steps hey that's right yeah absolutely yeah I completely agree with that yeah and so when it comes to um your what you're up to now tell me what you're excited about what you're venturing into and and what's happening ahead for you so right now I have, I'm, I'm right in the middle of a live round of Activate Your Inner Healer. Um, mm-hmm. So this is the first fully live doing the trainings live round that I've done in four years. Um, so I've been running it in the background all this time, but the trainings are all recorded. Um, mm-hmm. So this is the first time that I've had this full immersion of, of people learning again with me for the first time. And quite a few people have jumped back in to 
to redo and up level because it is it's you know I've evolved a lot in four years so um so that's currently running and so is medical intuition practitioner training that's in its third year right now as well I have graduates all over the world who are amazing medical intuitive practitioners all of them specializing in different areas so which is beautiful they've all got such a wealth of experience that they I love that yeah there's no competition at all between they all are um they all have strengths in different areas and they all have experience in different with different specialties so it's a fantastic referral network around the world which is great um and I've got lots of little courses that I run from time to time as well and you can access all of those on my website but I'm I'm just I haven't quite announced it yet but yeah uh, I, I did land because <laughs> I've just come out the end of my friend Pamela Ridge's detox purify and, and in that I always get these huge downloads and this inspiration of the next thing um, and so I um, had this thing land and I went oh, of course it makes perfect sense but not now because it's right in the lead up to Christmas so it'll be next year yes. um, yeah, but, yeah. but it's so starting in February it's a course specifically for people who work in health to mm-hmm. release the wounded healer archetype. So, oh, awesome. so often people who work in health, that's their shadow side, yeah. right? So they push themselves they and they can't often find a way to not have to experience all of the illness in themselves and break their body to be of service to others. And so yeah. Unshakable Service is coming in um, in February and it's a specifically for people who work in health and how to release that wounded healer archetype. Because the more we can release that, the more we can step up in our level of service and be of service to the world. So you're literally hearing it here first. I haven't even announced it. Oh, my God. You're you're on my newsletter. I haven't even said it. I I put a little tiny PPPS. I'm getting addicted to the PSs in my newsletter. (laughs) Stay tuned. Something's about to land. It's that. (laughs) Oh, that is so exciting. I'm so excited. I'm Thank you for the honour and the privilege of that, of being an exclusive. I'm super excited um, because... Um, I, you know, when I was doing my, my, my practice, um, uh, as a counselor many moons ago, like in the two, early two thousands, one of the things I realized was I was just attracting so many nurses and so many counselors and so many health professionals to my door, um, with burnout and they just, they were just burning out and they weren't, they didn't know how to manage their energy and not burn out and, and not take on other people's stuff and, um, and, not I guess fall into that sort of I've got to save the world category it's it's you know being of service is awesome and I love it and I'm I I can never not be I just kind of that's my thing I have to I just feel that's my purpose but it's different it's a different mindset isn't it from from oh I have to save everybody to know I want to be of this, the best service I possibly can and usually you find with people that want to be of service they they actually uh, sorry people who want to save the world they actually do want to be of service so it's it's not like a conflict it's it's just that it's gone as you said it's gone over to the shadow side where they've they've not realized that they're actually part of the world and they need to make sure that they remember themselves as well that's right that's absolutely right we we could so often nail ourselves to the cross in our service to others and we don't even realize we're doing it. Um, in fact, you know, if particularly in conventional health, I remember my days running, you know, where I was 
running two wards as a physiotherapist. And I was the only physio they saw across those two wards. It was general medical at the busiest hospital here in Perth. And I was run off my feet and literally, literally running from room to room, which is really dangerous in a hospital. I might add, <laughs> running room to room, running to try and keep up with trying to keep people functioning. Not And, you know, in, in general medicine, physiotherapist does pretty much everything so I was going from you know stroke rehab to early neuro rehab to you know suctioning so people could breathe helping people to breathe you know all kinds of stuff orthopedics you know post-surgical people have just come out of ICU stepped down you know it was everything everything across the board and it was wow. high level random having to run everywhere and I was encouraged to stay extra hours I was encouraged to give up my 30 minute lunch break in the middle mm. of my nine hour day and I was encouraged to to come in early and stay late for no extra pay and and then of course we had the weekend shifts we had to do as well you know so we weren't just working five days a week sometimes it would be six or seven that was encouraged and so of course I burnt out of course mm. everyone around me burnt out and you know that was nothing compared to what the young doctors were doing when they were doing 80 90 hour weeks yeah. you know that there was absolutely nothing compared to what I saw the other staff doing so of course in conventional health we burn out but it also happens in the world of of healing um, it also happens in 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 that world where because we often feel things very, very deeply, if we are deeply empathic, if we are highly sensitive, and we've been drawn to work in the world of, you know, intuition or healing or intuitive reading, we can so often find ourselves energetically connected to those that we see and have all our energy drained and mm -hmm. just burn ourselves out. And, 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 you know, I've, I've had so many conversations with people who have said, I just don't think I can do this anymore. And to be honest, I had got to that point when I first started in medical intuition mm. too, that I, you know, my partner said to me, obviously you can't work in this field. It's breaking your body. And I was like, that can't be the only way. It exactly. can't be the only way. And so I've, and, you know, there's, and I've had to go on a learning journey with that myself as well, where I've, um, I used to yeah. have a pattern with every launch of every course that I launched that was new that I would go into, um, you know, I'd end up in being carried out of a jazz club on a stretcher, ending up in an ambulance, having a seizure, you know, or I'd have a massive health crisis and get pneumonia and have to stop. And, you know, it would just be yeah. just so much drama, all of it real, all of it very mm -hmm. physical, measurable, quite scary. Um, mm -hmm. But that was my pattern for a long time. And the last couple of years, that's not been my pattern. I've broken mm. through that to the other side and I can see very clearly why. And so I'm going to share that uh, in oh, our events because, because if, if more of us can not sacrifice ourselves to be of service, then we can serve more people more deeply. We can change more lives and the, the ripple effect around the world will be huge. Absolutely. And if you want, if you want your students to hear anything from me, let me know, because I'm more than happy to just be of service in that respect as well. Because I've just, oh, you know, like, what does it do for our intuition when we don't allow ourselves to stop and breathe and be and connect? It just shuts us off. And so to move forward in the health world, um, there needs to be a new normal of how we actually respect um, health workers uh, and their intuition like their whole selves because we can't expect we can we can teach them the skills 
but we can't expect them if they can't if they don't have their own boundaries in play and they and that's their business minding their own boundaries vibration business health energy all that they need to do that so that then they can unlock those gifts because the gifts as you know and I and I love that you share that they're already there for us all so you know we share that in common Emma um I believe that too and I I believe that we all have that's the treasure trove that we're entitled to and it's also the treasure trove that will help society heal like in terms of our health system so until we actually and I think it's happening in gradients like I can see it happening in gradients um I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about your opinion on, and even your experience on um leaders and how they can be healers or hurters in 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 the world in in business in their their own in their own family um if they don't learn to tap into their intuition or honor the intuition of other people would you mind sharing that for me oh sure um and you're so right healers or hurters is a really great way of putting it i've experienced both <laughs> um if we don't take that big yeah we don't take that responsibility ourselves if we don't take ownership of our own energy and our own standard of ethics, our own belief system. If we don't honour another person's boundaries, another person's belief system, another person's standard of right and wrong or ethics, if we don't honour that, then in truth, we aren't a leader. Um, so it takes, it takes taking great ownership and responsibility of your own stuff and your ability to influence others in an ethical way to be a leader as far as I'm concerned. Otherwise, particularly in the, the spiritual world, otherwise it's what I call the spiritual ego narcissist <laughs> is yes. what happens. And, you know, I speak about narcissism and empaths and I speak about that quite a lot. Um, and I've got lots of videos on that if anybody's interested in that too. But it's that's that's what that generally is because it's an unethical use of your energetic connections with those around you, an unethical influence over others uh, that is breaching energetic boundaries on all levels. And that um, it's never just one-sided. I want to say that because I don't believe that narcissists are the bad guy, which is very different to other people. Um and here I'm talking about the garden variety narcissists, not the um, narcissistic personality disorder, which is a different thing. Um, so that garden variety narcissist is an energy imbalance. An empath isn't an energy imbalance, but a, a, a an imbalanced empath <laughs> is. And they have Psycho. A they've gone crazy. <laughs> yeah, they have no boundaries. They're all love and light. They go, here, have my energy. Here, have my energy. Here, I'll do this. I can do all that. No problems. I'll take all your pain. You know, they, and, you know, many of us that are sensitive are probably going, oh, my God, that's me. You know, <laughs> but it, that un, unfortunately or interestingly, um, the imbalanced energy pattern of the narcissist and that imbalanced empath fit together in a symbiotic they Like Velcro, right? <laughs> Stuck in there. And we work out if we work out the imbalanced impasse velcro it slides off <laughs> yes, exactly that's really beautifully said because yeah velcro is so sticky until it's not <laughs> yeah. um and yeah so and it's it's a mutually beneficial arrangement there is permission given on both sides energetically even though often on one side mm. 
it's not a conscious level. Um, exactly. And the, that's, that's, that's where it, um, understanding those little veils and, and, and peeling those veils back of the layers of who we are, then we get to understand, hang on a second, if I didn't have something unhealed inside of me that needed that Velcro to be sorted out, I wouldn't need to have this lesson. They're just doing me a favor to notice my, my little wound over here that I just need to tend to. And then that becomes, it's less of a blame game. Oh, you're the narcissist and I'm the empath, isn't it? It's more of a, no, no, no. We've, yeah, well, obviously I've got, I've got a little bit to learn here and you're helping me along. Thanks for that. And then it becomes more, for me, less of a, I hate that person for what they said or did. It, it, yeah, it was annoying and I don't really want that in my life, but it's not about they're the bad and I'm the good and, you know, that kind of black and white thinking, I guess you could say. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And, you know, I see that as um, it's it's like the lesson that we needed to learn. Yes, it would have been nicer sometimes to have learned it in a different way. But until we know where we end and others begin, we can't we can't actually prevent some of those things from happening. And often the first time in our life we're actually shown that we never knew where we ended and other people began is when we have that kind of interaction. And it goes horribly wrong because to begin with, it often feels wonderful. Wonderful, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's so Velcro. I love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so charming. And it's just the most perfect energetic match that everything in your body lights up and says, yes, this is it. This it's is got to be it, right? It's got to be it. Perfect, it feels so right it. because of that. <laughs> tessellation that happens in the energy field and so it feels amazing to bask in the glow of, of that um, energetic imbalance but until you have that wrenched apart and it's physically emotionally very painful to have that wrench in the yes. in that relationship and it's often between you know it can be between leader and follower um, particularly with that spiritual ego narcissist until you have that you don't realize you never had any idea where your boundaries were or what was meant to be inside what you actually feel like in your energy when there's not that influence from outside what it feels like when that yes, comes yes. in and having that awareness in real time to see it actually mm -hmm. happening so that you can go actually that I, ha I, I have no room for that in my life <laughs> Yeah. And, it, and it is a feeling, hey, because um, back in the day when I was doing the trauma and addictive rec recovery, um, I specialised in love addiction and recovery. And so um, I get a lot of people come in and go, I just can't not have that person in my life. Like I get I'm addicted to them. I get I'm Velcro. I get they're the thing. But I just I'm not there yet. I can't leave. And, and this is and this is why a lot of people in DV relationships can't leave as well, um, because they're just not they just haven't sorted the Velcro out. They haven't. Uh, if, if, if we're looking at Velcro, say it's got gaps, you know, to fill, they haven't learned how to be that, feel that wholeness yet. But when they do, and I, I used to, I never used to encourage people, just leave, you know, um, let's work on you. I wasn't, mm. oh, let's take the focus off them for a bit. Let's just work on you. Let's get you to understand who you are, where your boundaries are, what your, what your needs are and wants are, how you can love yourself better, how you can set your boundaries better and how you can moderate your own reality. Let's work on those five things first. And then once you've got yourself um, more attuned to who you really are and you feel whole, then it's not going to be an issue of when, when you do what, it's going to be an issue of how you want to move forward. It's a, a really different story isn't it and a really different feeling for them it's not like a ripping away of that velcro 
it's more like it's sort of sliding away and it's almost off off putting when they feel that bumping up they're saying oh it's bumping up against me and I can't handle it it's a completely different feeling their energy system's actually working in a another way intuitively for them to to move away that's right because they just no no longer have time for that they no longer have availability for that kind of treatment and it's a yeah, completely different thing to having to wrench yourself away and, you know, run for your life. Mm. Just going, actually, not really even sure why I'm here in the first place. No. Yeah. <laughs> and, those, and, and, that, and those energetic attachments or cords where, where they're potentially sucking from the narcissist, they start mm. to fall away. So they're, they're plugging into other things and that, that are healthy, hopefully healthy <laughs> um, for them. Um, and then there's a natural falling away. And I think in terms of leadership, like on a global consciousness or even work on a work consciousness where people see the leaders, as you said, like they're not leading if they're not encouraging you to be a whole person, to um, honour your values, to honour your, your boundaries, to be who more of who you are, be you, your your new unique self and offer your uniqueness to the role. Um, I think that as as a society, the more we get that on on a on a employee level or even on a global citizen level, I think that that's when the leaders we step up the requirement that our leaders our leaders need to have. We step up that energy ourselves. It's and so we're we're in that in the box seat really when we look at it from that perspective rather than the victims to a a leadership consciousness that is the opposite of what you just described (laughs) that's exactly right when we take that ownership ourselves of our own boundaries and we know what we stand for then it's so much easier to you know cultivate the leadership that serves that um, it is I completely, yeah completely agree with you completely. So we're normalizing conversations around that in general society and 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 that's the we the people then it sort of finds I find energetically it's it's it, it starts to bubble up like it's like this thing that we're creating a swell uh, like a sea and ocean of consciousness that that belies that leadership and where it needs to come from um it's been really interesting actually um i know we've got to go but it's just been really interesting watching the leaders of the g20 um mm. get together and um and india's hosting it next year or it's changing over on the first of december and they're already saying look this is what we're encouraging is you know one planet one family like they're already right. doing that that oneness talk and i'm i'm loving that it is hitting hitting us in in so many corners of of leadership globe on on some level it is hitting us and it's highlighting where those where the the gaps are but you know as a society I think our spiritual toxicity can come to play when we're blaming the leaders for not being there yet so I think we need to watch our watch Mm -hmm. our thinking and try and be as supportive as we possibly can of that coming into fruition Yes, yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. Um, I think taking that responsibility, as opposed to being in the them versus us blaming mm. games, you know, all is one, right? The law mm-hmm. of mentalism holds true. So the leader is a reflection of us. If we are just coming at them in the same way that we see them as coming at us, then we're not going to change anything. We're going to keep that separation going and that there's not going to be an evolution together. Um, yeah. So we have, to, it- we have to take responsibility for our part in that. 
Yeah. And I sort of like, I've, I've got this visual, I've never had this visual before, Emma, but I've got this visual of like, um, you know, the Velcro stuff. It's like, we're all got holding a piece of it and the leader's the one that sits on top in, in, and so we need to change the Velcro to change the leader. So I kind of feel like that our, our conversation on the Velcro has come full circle. There. <laughs> it has, it has. I'm going to go and play with some Velcro because I want to <laughs> see what else comes through. I think it's a really beautiful analogy for so many, yeah. so many things, particularly energetically. The yeah. Velcro is a really beautiful example because, you know, it's got the, it's got the hooks and the loops. It's got, you know, we, yeah. we put the loops out because we're allowing something to hook into us. We put the hooks out because we're ready to hook into somebody else's energy. And it's a, having that responsibility with the choice we're making there. We always have a choice who we connect yep. in with and how and what we bring to the table in terms yep. of our beliefs, our fears, our choices, our thoughts. All of that comes with us in our in our metaphysical body, and so to have that that radical responsibility around that um, and and ownership of who we are and what we stand for as a part of that interaction. If we all did that, the world would be a completely different place, right? Mm, I absolutely agree. I love that, and um, it is all about letting it start with yourself and activating yourself to be that person of healing and um i'm i'm really super excited to 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 share this space with you i i just i just feel so honored emma to to chat with you today and to have such a wonderful discussion i feel a bit teary actually i'm feeling a little bit yeah so blessed and that's how my joy comes out sometimes is through joyful tears so it overflows through your eyes i love yeah. it <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today and if you'd like to find emma um are you on facebook emma Yes. Turton Health. Is that, I um, just want to get your um, connect with Emma at um, facebook.com forward slash Emma Turton Health. And that's E double M A T U R T O N Health. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's that's my handle on Facebook. And you can find me on Instagram as Emma Turton dot medical intuition. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you again for joining us and big love to you. And I'm happy to support you in any way I can with uh, having another. A person talk to your students if they if they would like to hear more about what was it tell me unshakable healers was it uh, unshakable service that's the new uh, unshakable service I love that yes service. I'm also well, taking enrollments for my next round of medical intuition practitioner training for 2023 so I've already got a few enrollments in there and it's a capped enrollment of 12 so it's a nice intimate course and it's a 12-month training so if anyone is interested in that who's listening and who's feeling lit up by this whole concept mm. um, and feels very aligned with the way I work then feel free to reach out and I can give you a lot more information about that yeah awesome thank you so much again Emma and um, thanks yes. everybody for joining us we'll uh, chat, see you all again next week thank you Bye. so much I deeply appreciate it thanks Emma